Coaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, Hey guys, welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. This is your host, Steve Pintado, and not with me as always is Coach Jibs, but have no fear, guys. I have a fun guest and a co-host to fill in for tonight, uh, Dan Mader from the uh, MD Fantasy Football Show. What's going on today, Dan? Hey, what's going on, man? It's been a while since I've been on the show. Excited to come on with you today. Yeah, I know. It's, it's been quite a while, and uh, I picked a really fun topic for us to talk about today, so uh, I'm excited to get this ball rolling. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so guys, um, in terms of news, we kind of covered everything in on the waiver show yesterday. Obviously, Philip Lindsay's probably is definitely playing this weekend. Muhammad Sanu got cut again, and all the Buccaneers wide receivers seem to be injured right now. So uh, keep your eye on that as they play on Thursday this week. So that should be fun. But uh, there's really nothing too big news related. We covered most of the big injury topics yesterday. So. Kind of what this extra pod is, is kind of look back and see what fantasy players are doing right now, where they rank in terms of fantasy points throughout their position this season. And in the first month, we got four weeks of football right now, so we kind of have an idea what is going on, and maybe we, maybe it's not what he thinks to be. So I brought Dan on, and we're going to talk about a bunch of different players and where they currently rank among uh, their positions and see if that's something we're buying into or something we're trying to sell off now while we're in the first month. So, uh, Dan, we're going to get right into it here. Um, we're going to start with Tom Brady, currently ranked QB10, and this is on Fantasy Pros, guys, and their website. Um, so this is, when I hear these rankings, that's where I'm getting them from. So, And it's half-point PPR for the non-quarterback position. So, Dan, Tom Brady sitting at quarterback 10 right now, coming off a big win here. Um, is this something you're buying into? Is he somebody who's going to be a top 10 possibly quarterback this season now? Yeah, I am buying this. I was big on Tom Brady coming into this season. We just saw him have a big game. We have yet to see the Bucks have a full plethora of weapons. Chris Godwin's missed already half the games at this point. He's going to miss another one on Thursday. Mike Evans has not been healthy at any point this season. Leonard Fournette is still getting involved, and he missed last week. He might play this week. So until these guys actually all get healthy, I don't know that we've seen the uh, ceiling on a week-to-week basis out of Tom Brady. We saw his ceiling probably this past week, but on a week-to-week consistency, uh, I buy this top 10 performance out of him with those weapons coming back healthy at some point. Yeah, no, I, I definitely like what Tom Brady's doing early on, and I really thought he was going to come out of the gates pretty strong. Uh, unfortunately, I'm selling, um, and it's like he's going to have a couple more great games, absolutely, especially when Chris Godwin comes back. He's going to be somewhat of a solid quarterback, but I feel like the new solid is you know 25 plus he might average like 20 fantasy points a game in in my eyes moving forward and it's to me it's the age concern i know he's kind of showed us up over the last three or four years now that age is not an issue to tom brady but the fact is that you know you've seen him kind of struggle as we get closer to december a lot of times in fantasy 
And in terms of the matchups, they've got a very favorable running back schedule. I know the running back right now is a big mystery on who the real running back is and what they're doing back there. But uh, there could be a possibility, I think, that maybe they lean on the run as they get kind of closer to that December range, let the run do it, and then Tom Brady just makes the throws he needs to. And that's kind of why I'm selling him as a top 10. He's definitely a startable quarterback week in, week out. Don't get me wrong, but I see him probably more as a top 15 guy than a top 10 guy in terms of fantasy this season guys that's fair yeah you know i mean i just don't like tom brady also guys it has nothing to do with it but uh, i just don't like tom brady but yeah guys i mean he's still startable but you know just i personally think expectations could be lowered a little bit but uh over to the next guy who is definitely not living up to his expectation of a future hall of famer and that's drew Brees right now uh currently sitting at quarterback 20 right now through the first four weeks and we've seen some up and downs and Drew Brees as a fantasy quarterback right now. But, Dan, are you buying this quarterback 20 right now? Could he maybe shoot up, or is this what we're seeing here? Well, so we haven't really seen him with Michael Thomas yet this season. I believe Drew Brees is more in the top 15 category than the 20 category. He's not a guy you can uh, play every single week, but when they're at home and they have Michael Thomas healthy, I think he is going to be a stream-worthy option in that area, and I think he's going to be competing around that top 15 mark. So I will buy that it will be better than 20 by the time the season is over. Yeah, I currently actually agree with you on this one. Um, Drew Brees, I'm definitely buying quarterback 20. Come on, it's Drew Brees, guys. You know, Without Michael Thomas there, you just lost Jarrett Cook, I think, this past week here. I mean... Things are going to turn around. People are going to get healthy on this team here. The team They still have diverse a lot of people in the division right now. And Drew Brees is going to have to put this team on his back at some point during the year throughout the season. And quarterback 20 right now, you know, shrugging off that 41-year-old age right now, I think he still has enough in the tank for you to be somewhat reliable. I've seen people drop him in redraft leagues right now, and I'm just like, you can't do that. Like, I know he may have some games where he kind of throws – he has like a 15 point game not what you want in fantasy but he still has that top 25 fantasy point upside in his game here especially when michael thomas gets back i think it's until then i probably will want him then when michael thomas comes back i uh, probably it seems like michael thomas probably back after their week six buy at this point so hopefully that happens so i'm i'm buying that he's gonna improve and be more of a top 15 kind of in that tom brady range kind of a quarterback right now and yeah, I, I agree with that. And I'll just want I want to add one quick thing to that. Also, is that the last game Drew Brees was much more accurate, which gave me a little bit more confidence moving forward. I was a little bit concerned coming out of week three because he was just wildly inaccurate. If Drew Brees is going to be inaccurate, it's going to be a long season. But he came back. He played much better in week four. So it does give me hope that when Michael Thomas is back in the lineup, Drew Brees is going to be able to return to form, especially in New Orleans. Yeah, like you get to think though. Emmanuel Sanders is a new quarter, a new wide receiver for him. You have to get that connection, kind of. Trey Quinn's the only one that's kind of been there outside of Alvin Kamara and Jared Cook. So things like that, it took time for him to really get it, guys. We don't forget there was no off season. So uh, I think as the season goes on, you're going to see a more accurate Drew Brees, especially with Michael Thomas catching these like five or six yard balls quickly from him. So uh, going over the next guy here, Josh Allen. Currently sitting at the top three fantasy quarterback right now. Are you buying or selling on Josh Allen being a top three fantasy quarterback the rest of the season right now? So I'm going to sell on this one. I do think he finishes in the top six, but top three is hard for me when you're looking at, I think Lamar Jackson is going to play better. Patrick Mahomes is going to be doing more. Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson. When we start adding all those guys up, I think Josh Allen, somebody's going to wind up outside of that. I don't think that he can keep up the efficiency of which he's been playing with as of late. 
they're still they still have not played a real good team outside of the Rams, really. And and even in that game, there was hit and misses at times. He still has lapses, I think, in his mental judgment and situational awareness that I've seen so far on the field. But this is a pass-first team now, so he's going to have the volume. Of course, he always has the legs. So I do believe he finishes in the top six, but I don't believe he's going to finish in the top three by the end of the season. Yeah, no, I, I definitely uh, understand your takes there. I'm actually buying into it, and I wasn't buying the Josh Allen this offseason, but I've watched for some reason a lot of Buffalo games just happened to be on TV this year. They must have known something. But uh, Josh Allen, the one thing I noticed that his accuracy definitely still needs to be a little tweaked. I mean, he's getting better compared to what he did last year, but the way I kind of see him is what like we saw Pat Mahomes two years ago, kind of throwing these wild passes at times, and they just work. And that's kind of part of Pat Mahomes' game where he just sometimes, like, how did he make that throw? Like, it's impossible. Josh Allen, I've seen him make these throws this coming season. The addition of Stefan Diggs has somewhat just shot his ability just to see what he's able to see downfield a little bit more. And the fact that he's has a running floor, I know it hasn't been that great this season from week one, but I think he gets back up to that at some point during the season. There's going to be some tough matchups against Kansas City, the Patriots two times over the next, I think, 10 weeks here. So, I think at some point he's going to have to use his legs a little bit more. But the what I've seen out of him, I mean, I think he can stick here. I mean, no matter if they're winning or trailing, this guy, for some reason, is just airing the ball out all downfield. And maybe at some point the these crazy throws he's making that are actually being caught by his wide receivers get up, catch up to him. But what I'm seeing out of him, I, I like. And I think he could end up being a top three fantasy quarterback the rest of the season. All right. And going over to our next quarterback buys here. Well, not buys, but... Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, sitting at quarterback nine right now. I could probably expect that this doesn't stay afloat right now. Now, look, Tua Tagovailoa is going to play at some point this season. They already kind of had announced Ryan Fitzpatrick as a starter this week, which just frankly means that it's only a matter of time before Tua is starting quarterback. So, no, of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick at QB nine is not something that's going to stand for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I couldn't, couldn't agree more with you. But I saw him sitting there. I'm like, wow, he's quarterback nine right now. Like, that's that's crazy. Yeah. But, guys, Tua is definitely going to play at this point this season. It doesn't matter. I think he has to get on the field. They have to see what he's got. These rookie quarterbacks are showing that they're doing really well right now. I think Miami's going to itch to want to get Tua out there at some point, unfortunately. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's a, a streamer guy and a good matchup. But that's really all he is this coming season, guys. Don't expect him to stay in the top 15 at least most of the season. Um, what about Gardner Menchu? Currently sitting at quarterback 10 right now. Do you expect him to stay in that QB1 range? No, I'm going to sell this as well. This is the difficulty between the NFL and fantasy football because Gardner Minshew really, from an NFL standpoint, didn't look very good against Cincinnati Bengals last week, but he still goes for 350 yards and still throws two touchdowns. However, they're going to play better teams as well, and I do think the league is going to catch up to this Gardner Minshew mediocre quarterback play that he really is, and we're going to start to see that. So outside of people named DJ Chark, I don't know there's too many Jacksonville Jaguar players that we're really going to want having forward. I expect reality to hit pretty soon. Uh, is he going to be a streaming quarterback? Yes, he will be a streaming quarterback, but a top 10, a QB1 for the rest of the season, I, I sell this completely. Uh, I can't wait until we talk about James Robinson because you didn't mention him at all, Dan, so it hurts me right now. But uh, we'll talk about Gardner Menchu again real quick. Yeah, I don't believe he's going to stay in here. He's definitely going to have games where he busts out for like 
30 fantasy points here and there. Absolutely. He's pretty much a great bi-week filler uh, streamer, like Dan said. I mean, there's going to be games where he's going to be playing back from garbage time. I mean, he's going to probably throw 40 times per game. Do I want to trust that on a week-to-week basis? No. But uh, if my quarterback's out on a bye or if I like the streaming game and it just happened to be the better stream that week, yeah, I want to play him. But, guys, I don't think he's going to stay in the QB1 range either this season. And one last one, uh, another youngster, Joe Burrow, sitting at quarterback 11 right now. Do you think the rookie can kind of keep this up and maybe stay at a low in QB1 right now? Yeah, absolutely. I think he is going to be a QB1. I think he is a low in QB1 for the rest of the season. The volume's there. That's the big key. So not only does he look very competent already in his rookie season, he has Tyler Boyd, he has T. Higgins, he has A.J. Green, he has Drew Sample, who's proven himself now, and you have Joe Mixon. So we mix that all together and you have a guy that you have no fear throwing the ball 60 times in a game, as we saw a couple of weeks ago. I don't see any reason why Joe Burrow cannot be a low end QB one for the rest of the season. Also, don't forget this guy can move the ball with his legs as well. So he's going to offer some kind of floor in that capacity, too. That's why I do like Joe Burrow to stay not just inside the top 12. I think he will wind up inside the top 10 by the time the year's over. Yeah, no, I, I like that as well. I think Joe Burrow can definitely be a top 10 quarterback right now uh, moving forward. Like, he's going to have some tough, tough matchups coming up, guys. Baltimore and the Colts could be some tough matchups. People could be down on him. And it's possible. Uh, he might have some rookie moments right then and there. But And he gets Cleveland, and he gets Tennessee, he gets a bye than Pittsburgh, who aren't the best against the pass, but better against the run. Uh, Washington, the Giants, Miami, Dallas, <laughs> Pittsburgh again, and Houston. Those are very mostly favorable matchups coming down the stretch down the second half of the season here so he may end up over the next couple weeks kind of falling a little bit but that might be the time to go out and get him because he's going to be a top 10 quarterback in fantasy he's got the weapons around him he's probably has one of the top 10 at least top 10 core players around him this coming season here he's airing the ball out like dan said and he's got that running floor so I, i like him to stay in this quarterback one range the rest of the season right now and when we move over to the running backs, and we're going to start with the Ravens running backs. And I kind of just grouped them together because it seems like they're just one big blob of running backs right now, Dan. And all, four, all three of them, and I guess you don't really want to count Gus Edwards. You could if you wanted to, but uh, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram, both outside the top 40 running backs in terms of half-point PPR right now. Are you spying that they're not going to finish in the top, maybe let's say top 30, at least one of them? Yeah, I still believe that J.K. Dobbins will get his chance to shine at some point this season, especially as the Ravens start to get into uh, playoff crunch mode because he's definitely the more dynamic back. He's definitely the more explosive running back right now. But I don't know when that's going to be. And if it doesn't happen until, let's say, week 12, week 13, then there's a pretty good chance for fantasy football purposes there might not be a Ravens running back who finishes in the top 30, top 40. So I'm going to go ahead and buy the idea that they're not going to finish inside that area, unfortunately, unless someone were to get injured or if they were able to hand over the reins to J.K. Dobbs at some point or earlier than that. But I just right now, Mark Ingram has had the most carries in one game, and that's been 10. Uh, that's kind of what you're looking at with this team, and no one's really that involved with the passing game on top of it. And that's kind of the issue. Yeah, I'm buying as well that they're not going to finish out. Finish one will finish inside the top 30. Uh, I just, I just can't see it this coming season, Dan. It just, 
Like, Mark Ingram is leading in, like, carries, and then you have Dobbins leading in the passing work, and then you have Gus Edwards, for some reason, seeing a lot of carries himself and leading the team in rushing right now. Like, it just continually going to see these guys just work. I think that's what they want. It's working for them, minus the Kansas City game, but the rest of these games, they're just doing what they're doing, all getting, like, eight or nine carries here and there and making the most of it, and... I'd love to see Dobbins break out because I love Dobbins coming in from the draft, but a guy like Gus Edwards is continually seeing the ball in that third and fourth quarter, fresh legs, and just having him pound the rock down the middle, which it seems like they kind of like with Gus Edwards. And again, it was strange why he went back there or why they even wanted him back there, but they had a reason for it. So I don't see any of these guys finishing inside the top 30 this year. Maybe Dobbins, if he has a stretch down the stretch with like receiving or something, but yeah, guys, I mean, you're holding on to these guys, hoping that, unfortunately, hopefully one of them gets injured, which we don't all want. But that's the only way I see anyone jump into the top 30 right now. And going over to another guy here, a guy who was a first-rounder this past season. Oh, for a lot of people, he was. It was Kenyon Drake, and he's not a top 30 running back right now, Dan. And it pains for me to say because I'm a big fan of Kenyon Drake, but... Oh, are we seeing Kenyon Drake? Is, is this him right now? Are we seeing a guy who could probably maybe bounce back and jump back in the top 15 maybe? Yeah, I'm I'm going to sell the idea that he's not going to be a top 30 running back. He's definitely going to improve. Uh, I Kenyon Drake, I talk about this guy a lot on my show. I'm saying he is my top buy low prospect right now. Look, Cliff Kingsbury is doing exactly what I – expected him to do which is do really shoddy play calling and go back and revert to what he was doing in the beginning of the season last year i knew when he came with deandre hopkins he was going to go back to his air raise and want to go back to his four receiver sets and then i would wind up turning around and rearing its ugly head because they can't do that right now especially because when they get into the red zone he has this affinity for trying to put Kyler Murray back there and shotgun with three wide receivers and they're right back to where they were last year which is they can't get a push on the line of scrimmage they can't establish that they have or at least a threat to try to run the ball in and no one's biting on the play fakes in the red zone especially that will change at some point he will revert back to what he did a year ago play more two tight end sets simplify the offense and get moving because right now they're now lost two games in a row because of this play calling they've been doing this reckless play calling i expect that to change i'm buying into Kenyon drake i'm buying him low my biggest example that i was giving people on my show was that if you have todd Gurley right now this is the perfect time to sell todd Gurley and try to go after Kenyon drake it would be the perfect match especially if the owner is about one and three or zero and four at the moment yeah, I like I like that uh, that trade right there. Definitely, I would definitely hit accept if I was the uh, uh, girly owner. That's for sure, or even vice versa. So, uh, not vice versa, but if I was getting Kenyon Drake out of the deal, Dan. So, yeah, I guess I'm buying into it too. I'm a, I'm a little concerned. I'm hoping that you know what you said kind of goes to fruition. That it actually happens. My concerns is that he's that old line is not running well. Their best uh, blocking tight end Maxwell Williams not playing right now. So that kind of has some concern. Kind of has some issues why Kenyon Drake isn't running that well. But his 3.8 yard per touch right now, not really that good right now. And the fact that he's not seeing receiving work. And and then hoping that with this, maybe with these last losses here, putting too much responsibility on Kyle Murray can kind of give Kenyon Drake that work and, and kind of get him back in the passing game. He was averaging about five catches or five targets last season during that stretch when he was with them. And now he has five on the season, guys. I'm hoping that he can kind of turn things around. So I'm buying into it. I'm hoping that Kingsbury can kind of say, oh, we got to use this guy in a better scenario because we're not using him. And 
and that's what I'm buying into. But I'm a little cautious because Chase Edmonds is is somewhat there in seeding receiving work for some reason. I mean, I know why. He's not a bad back. So, But uh, I'm buying, but I'm definitely a little cautious with the buy right now. That he's going to finish not outside the top 30. So. Yeah, no, I got you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, going over the next guy here, Chris Carson, another fan favorite of mine. I have him in almost every single Dynasty League for some reason, but uh, he's currently RB5 right now on the season here. Um, are you buying Chris Carson as a top five back? No, I, I'm selling this. And, in fact, I would even be selling high on Chris Carson if I could all do it right now. He's not going to stay healthy. He's already been banged up. He's already been in and out of the lineup over the past few weeks. I just do not expect Chris Carson to really be able to make a 16-game season right now. And even though he's in a great situation with a great offense that's going to put up a lot of points and he's going to have great opportunity to continue to being successful, I'm definitely selling him as a top-five back. If you could if you could trade him for a legitimate top-five running back right now, I, that's what I would want to try to do. But he's not going to finish, finish there. Yeah, I'm, I'm selling him being a top-five back. Being a top-ten back... I'm still buying into. Um, I know like, the health is a major issue, and, and he's definitely probably going to get hurt at some point again this season. It just seems like a trend for him. Um, so if you can sell him, like Dan said, I definitely would and get a guy who's going to stay healthy the whole season. But if you keep him, he has that opportunity to be a top 10 back still, I think. I know Rashad Penny's supposed to be coming back soon off the pump, uh, but I've never been a big fan of Rashad Penny. I've never seen it his talent really show that much uh, with Chris Carson actually healthy on the field. And, you know, one thing I noticed, uh, Dan, here... He has zero stack box runs on the season. Zero. That's going to continue. And I think it, I think it will. I think that the, the teams are so concerned with the passing game that Chris Carson, while he's not having a biggest, you know, 100-yard game running like he was last year, but I think he's going to be effective enough to be a, still a top-10 running back. He's seeing a ton of work in the passing game. The only thing you're taking a risk is that you're t- with the health. And as long as he can stay healthy... I think he's a top 10 guy, not a top five, because I just don't see the running game. They're only averaging about 25 uh, runs a game, so I don't expect that to kind of continue because I know someone else will get involved. Penny will probably see work when he gets back, but he could still somewhat be a top 10, but I'm definitely selling him being a top five back right now, guys. And then we get to the guy I've been waiting to ask you, Dan, because you didn't mention him before, James Robinson. He's running back six right now. What's up with James Robinson, man? Well, I'm selling him as a top six back, for sure. <laughs> like I said, there's, there's a reality check that's going to come to the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's not a team that I believe can put up points averaging in the high 20s, which is what they're doing at the moment. Having said that, Robinson very much will stay in RB2 throughout the year. He's, he does a very good job of making first guy miss. He has a lot of vision. He can be a, both a, he can be a bell cow back. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. The only thing about him that's really lacking is that he doesn't have that explosive second gear once he's out into the open field. He's going to stay good. But when the Jaguars start to score less points as an offense as a whole, you're going to see his fantasy production come down. So while I think he can still finish as a low-end RB2 this this year, he's not going to finish as a top-six running back. Yeah, no, I I can't see him finish as a top-six running back. I just If it was on a different team, maybe, like if he was on the Packers instead of Aaron Jones, I would be like, yeah, absolutely. But on the Jags guys... Absolutely. Yeah, on the Jags guys, they're they're just not they're going to be behind in the game too much for him to really see that kind of workload. I mean, he's been doing really well. I'm impressed. I mean, he knows how to create uh, you know yards after 
contact. I mean, he's just he's been doing really good. He's top ten in that category. He's top ten in yards per touch right now. I mean, he's looking nice. But as a top six back, you need a little bit more production, especially on the ground game. He hasn't seen too many hundred. He hasn't seen. I don't think he's seen a hundred yard game yet this season. And he has. Has he? Oh yeah, he has seen one. Yes, he has. He has one at least this season. But. In terms of a top six guy, I don't, I don't, I can't see it. I just don't see enough production coming from. Him. Like I said, not a good enough offense. Exactly, definitely. So I mean, he could finish top. He could finish as RB one. I think he can finish RB twelve still this season. But just don't expect him to be a top five guy. I think he's a good sell if you could sell him now, even though he could probably be productive for your team all season. But I like, I like what he's doing. I like the underdog this season. So. And on to the last running back here, another one who's a surprise at the top. As RB one right now, Jared McKinnon, uh, top twelve back right now. Can this stay? Can Jared McKinnon be a top twelve back in RB one? Not top twelve. I mean, Raheem Mostert's going to come back here at some point. It may or may not be this week. If it's not this week, it'll probably be next week. But once Mostert comes in, he'll be the guy. But Jared McKinnon will remain flex worthy. I do believe the days of Tevin, McCole, Tevin Coleman are done regardless of when he comes back from IR. I do think this is Jarek McKinnon who's going to be the companion there with Raheem Moster. And two 49er running backs can be fantasy valuable on a week-to-week basis. He has scored every single week so far, and that was with Moster and Tevin Coleman both healthy uh, this season. We know Kyle Shanahan. He's been dying to use Jarek McKinnon. They gave him that big contract a couple of years ago before he kept getting hurt for a reason. Uh, as long as he's healthy, they're going to utilize him. So I think he will have flex appeal even when Mostert comes back. But, of course, he won't be a top 12 when Mostert's back. Yeah, no, definitely. I- I'm selling him, too. He's definitely not going to be a tw- top 12 guy. Honestly, I would try to sell high on him. I mean, his name doesn't sound sexy. When so- if someone was, like, offering me Jared McKenna, I'd be like, yeah, like, I don't know about that, man. Like, I don't want that. But I don't know what you're going to be able to sell high on him for with Raheem. If Raheem were to get hurt again for another few weeks, you might be able to. Uh, but with, with his – return pending I don't see what you'd be able to sell high for him with mm, uh, yeah I guess you're right on that I, I can't think of a player offhand right now who would someone would want to trade for unless you maybe try to get him and maybe something else for Kenyon Drake right now if an owner is really frustrated that would be a, a high deal scenario but yeah his name value doesn't show it right now guys even though he's a RB1 but he's got four touchdowns on the season that's why I mean he just has a lot of touchdowns and that's kind of what's making him really fantasy relevant right now and my big thing is not just Raheem Mostert it's Debo Samuels coming back it's Brandon Ayuk being more involved in this offense these guys do end around runs constantly short passes and just basically like a our, like a running back just running out to the flat right now that's kind of what Debo Samuels can do and Brandon Ayuk so things like that I think could end up limiting McKinnon just slightly I think in this offense here even though the running game is a really strong asset to this team um, but yeah I'm definitely selling him as a as an a top RB1 right now in fantasy. And going over the wide receivers here, Dan. Uh, Robbie Anderson, bit of a surprise. He sits at wide receiver 12 right now in the season here. Does he sit as an RB, uh, as a wide receiver one the rest of the year? Yeah, I'm buying this. Ooh. I'm 100% buying this. I was big on Robbie Anderson coming into the year. I was big on the idea that he was going to be more valuable than DJ Moore. DJ Moore was in my top five bus wide receivers this season. Because this is how the offense works. This is how Teddy Bridgewater works. DJ Moore is not a touchdown guy, so therefore he is going to have to get way more volume than everybody else involved like he did last season in order to keep fantasy relevant. I knew coming into this that with Teddy Bridgewater and what Joe Brady likes to do offensively, that was not going to be the case. It's not 
how this offense was going to be built. And it's amazing what guys can do when they get the hell away from Adam Gase and when they get the hell away from Sam Darnold. Robbie Anderson was never just a big play guy. He was always a guy who was underrated in his route running ability. And being that he's 6'4", he's also a natural red zone target. Yeah, I expect this kind of production to continue. I expect this to be an offense that has to throw the ball a lot and come back from behind because that defense is not very good. And I expect Teddy Bridgewater to continue to feed Robbie Anderson to the point where, yeah, I buy him being a top 12 wide receiver the rest of the way. Ooh, okay. That's a great take right there. I love that. Uh, I'm selling still on this one. I like Robbie Anderson. I, I think he, he's a great surprise to start of the season. I think he pretty much put himself as a pretty solid wide receiver too, I think, for the rest of the season. Uh, but I do believe somehow they find a way to get DJ Moore in this game. or He's been involved, but they have to find more creative ways to get him the ball. I mean, that's my biggest issue. He, him and Anderson are really neck-to-neck right now in terms of targets. Just Robbie is capitalizing on the targets he does get. Right, DJ Moore is not seeing it. He's seeing more downfield targets this year than he did last year. I believe he went from like 13 to 17 uh, yards per target right now, which, again, a little different to try to get more what he was able to do last year on a high target volume and the yardage. So... I think somehow they find a way to get DJ Moore involved because he's a tremendous talent, guys. I, I think they have to find a way to get this young wide receiver in this game and get him more relevant for this offense here, and he just hasn't shown it yet. Um, I like Robbie Anderson, and I'm not saying like get rid of him or anything like that. I definitely want to keep him because he seems very involved in this offense right now, but uh, at some point, I'm not buying that he's going to finish as a wide receiver one right now in fantasy. Wide receiver two, maybe top 20 at least. Yeah, I, I like it for the rest of the season, but I see DJ Moore somehow getting back in this offense this year. And going over to my next guy here, it's CeeDee Lamb. Currently wide receiver 15, Dan. Next on my list here is CeeDee Lamb. Currently sitting at wide receiver 15 right now. Are you buying into the rookie hype right now? I think you have to. Uh, with the offensive volume right now coming out of Dak Prescott, which has been insane, and to some degree that's going to have to correct itself, otherwise he's going to completely smash the NFL record in almost every category. But it's still going to be a high-volume offense. I don't see a reason why this defense is going to be able to improve that much throughout the season. And unfortunately, with the way that they're playing schematically for Michael Gallup, that is, he's going to be the odd man out more times than not. What they're doing is that they're mixing and matching Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. They're never seeing the opponent's top corner. They're leaving Michael Gallup on the perimeter because he is the deep field threat that they just designated him to be. So he's going to see the opposing corner more times than not, and more times especially than Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. So as long as that continues to be the case, I don't really see why that would change. Their offense has not been the issue so far this season. yeah, I'm buying C.D. Lamb finishing in the top 15 and Mari Cooper finishing in the top five. Michael Gallup wound up being the odd man out, unfortunately. Mm. Very sad to hear because I have tons of Michael Gallup right now in Dynasty, but it is what it is. But I'm buying this too, Dan. Uh, C.D. Lamb has looked fantastic this season. And like you're right, there's, what are they, they're not changing anything in this offense. It's not the offense's issue why they're losing games right now. It's the defense. The defense can't seem to stop anyone right now, which is going to cause Dak Prescott to continue this almost 400 yards a game, maybe not 400 every game, but close enough every single game and continue to throw 30 plus uh, attempts this coming season here. And like you said, CeeDee Lamb and Cooper, they're switching off on getting the, the easier right matchup to kind of help their way that they like to run the ball. And CeeDee Lamb is going to continue this all season here. And what's going to change he's going to continue to see probably six or seven targets per game and see a big uh yardage uh total every single week here so uh i like cd lamb finishing in the top 15 it's hard to really say no to this because he's been doing it in a high power offense right now 
And going over the next guy here, Robbie Anderson's uh, buddy, DJ Moore, currently not a top 30 wide receiver. Uh, Dan, where do you stand with DJ Moore right now? Is it is he staying outside the top 30 now? Yeah, I'm buying him that he's going to stay outside the top Ooh. 30. I don't think he's ever going to get enough volume to give you back your fantasy return that you're looking for. And unless he overnight suddenly becomes a red zone wide receiver, which isn't going to happen, like I said with Robbie Anderson, I believe this is Robbie Anderson's wide receiver core when it comes to fantasy value. DJ Moore is going to have to get, he's going to have to average at least four more targets a game than Robbie Anderson in order to give you back the fantasy value that you're looking for. That's not going to happen at any point this season. So yeah, I am buying the idea that DJ Moore is going to finish outside the top 30 this year. All right. You heard it here first, guys. Love that take there. You're really down on DJ Moore, man. You're down on him, man. I'm about to tweet at him and I say you're down. Coming into the year, this is one of the calls that's gone my way so far. And <laughs> I just, I don't see why this changes, frankly. No, I, I definitely get it. I, I definitely understand. Like I said, I think he can finish. And I'm definitely, when I was talking about DJ Moore before, guys, you know, I wasn't saying like, oh, DJ Moore is going to jump back into a wide receiver one right now. I'm not seeing it this season, but. I, I want to say I'm not buying into it, but I'm definitely somewhat of a concern because he is seeing a good amount of targets still this season. I mean, he's not not seeing good targets. He's seeing about eight targets a game still uh, with Robbie Anderson, but Christian McCaffrey is coming back soon. And again, like I said, they're going to find ways to get DJ Moore the ball more, but the fact is that he's what he's doing already, I just don't see him really being a wide receiver to this season based on what we saw so far. And with McCaffrey coming back at some point, going to run the ball probably a little bit more, and he's going to see his own target volume. I just don't see him really finishing much more than probably wide receiver 28. Uh, and again, that's right by the wide receiver 30 mark right now. So I'm kind of with you on this one, Dan. I don't see him really seeing a big uptake where he kind of like becomes the wide receiver one or, or high-end wide receiver two this year and going over to the next guy here uh jarvis landry currently sitting outside the top 45 wide receivers in a very run heavy cleveland browns offense right now and he's coming off that hip injury um maybe that's slowing him down a little bit this season maybe it's just the way the scheme's going right now in this offense but are you buying landry coming outside that top 45 this year yeah, 100%. I don't want anything to do with Landry. He was um, on my show. If, if you guys don't know, we have a little uh, drop. It's called Send Him Down to Flushtown. We sent Landry down to Flushtown about two weeks ago. Look, and I, I'm big on you got to sell OBJ high coming off of this week as well. This team is built around the running game. Baker Mayfield is only going to be averaging around 22 pass attempts a game. And when they do throw the ball, there's an emphasis in making sure OBJ is getting the first looks. Uh, Jarvis Landry's always been a guy who's had to thrive off of volume. He's not a big play threat. He's not a real red zone threat. And he's not that volume's not going to be there this season. So I'm definitely buying the idea that Jarvis Landry is going to finish outside the top 45 and really does not need to be rostered right now. Yeah, I'm actually on the same boat with you here. When we were talking the offseason, guys, I was mentioning that like this new Kevin Stefanski offense, it was to limit Baker from throwing the ball. Short, very accurate passes on a, off a run play. That's what he wants to do. You saw it last year with Kirk Cousins and his ability to have like his lowest passing attempts in his career here. And Baker's in a similar situation right now. After that week one performance, he's 23-23-30. They want to run this ball. And even with Nick Chubb gone, I think Kareem Hunt is more than easy. And uh, De- uh, Dearness Johnson are going to continue this run game. I mean, they have the most uh, rushing yards 
per game, and they have the most carries so far this season. I don't see them getting away from that. I see them continuing wanting to run the ball and making Baker take short, accurate passes. And Odell is the real number one on this team, while Landry fills in from time to time. Again, he may have a gamer here too, but for the most part, he's going to continue to average just like four or five targets a game and that's really it for like less than 50 yards so i'm on the same boat i can see him easily finishing outside the top 45 this year and he's probably going to play 16 games and that's what kind of tells you about this offense this year and going over the next guy ty hilton finishing outside or currently sitting outside the top 70 wide receivers right now uh you expecting him uh, i guess maybe to at least finish in the top 50 he might, but I'm gonna actually I'm gonna I'm gonna buy the idea that he finishes outside the top seventy or at least at seventy for the for the purpose of this show because I want to make the point here. Philip Rivers is garbage. He's done. He's trash. And until they actually turn it over to Jacoby Brissett, which isn't going to happen, there's nobody on this team that's going to throw the ball deep down the field on the outside of T.Y. Hilton enough for him to ever be fantasy relevant throughout this entire season. T.Y. Hilton was another guy who came in on one of my top bust list front wide receiver this year because unless Phil, unless they were going to use T.Y. Hilton in the slot and make him be the Keenan Allen role, I knew that if they kept him on the outside and kept him being the deep field threat, that Phil Burgers wasn't going to hit him because Phil Burgers can't throw the ball past 10 yards the line of scrimmage anymore at this point in his career. He just can't do it. And they came out, Paris Campbell was the slot receiver. I thought after he got hurt, maybe T.Y. Hilton would take that role. He did it. He became Zach Paschal now. As If he's never going to be with the slot receiver, he's never going to get targeted enough. He's never going to get the ball deep down the field. And that upside that you usually have with T.Y. Hilton goes out the window as long as Phil River is a starting quarterback. So, no, I totally buy the idea that T.Y. Hilton is going to be outside the top 70 and never be fantasy relevant at any point this season. Yeah, no, I actually completely agree with you. I was never high on this Rivers-Hilton connection here. I never saw, understood why. I just, Rivers never used a wide receiver like T.Y. Hilton in his entire career, I feel like. He had bigger bodied wide receivers, and he used Keenan Allen and the tight ends and the running backs. That's what Philip Rivers was. He never had a guy like T.Y., I feel like, to do what T.Y. can do as a wide receiver. And, And it shows the season. I mean, you're seeing him right now if he's got like, what is it? His best was nine targets in week one, and after that, it's been five, three, five. This offense isn't really playing. They're very vanilla, and I don't see them switching from that. They're going to do what they need to do on offense and play strong defense. That's what they're going to do. They're going to make sure that Rillard Rivers does minimal work, and they run the ball when they need to and play defense. And I just don't see T.Y. I mean, like I said, when you said Paris Gamble went down, Michael Michael Pittman came in and ended up playing more snaps than him last that time. It just... I don't see it, and honestly, if he's on your team, you should probably get rid of him almost at this point. I mean, I just don't. This would be the I think maybe this or next week would be the last week I would want to consider holding on to him, but that's just the long shot at that point, guys. So uh, I'm buying that he's definitely not finishing in the top 50 and probably could finish close to the top 70 of this season. So, And one last one. I went back on the positive note here. Stefan Diggs. Uh, to me, honestly, a bit of a surprise to me. I was a little surprised about this, but uh, he's currently wide receiver six right now on the season here. Uh, can he finish as a top six wide receiver? I definitely buy the idea he's going to finish as a wide receiver one. Six, I think six is the number, to be honest. And that has mostly to do with there being already a top guys that are injured this season. 
uh, who aren't going to finish up there when it's all said and done because of that, like like Devontae Adams, like Julio Jones. I'm with you. I'm surprised how well that Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen have clicked. And I don't expect this to change in any way because this is a pass-first Buffalo Bills team now. So as long as the volume is there and Stephon Diggs is getting the target share he is, which is insane, uh, yeah, I, he has a high floor. And we know with Diggs, it only takes one play. He's always been an explosive wide receiver. So I am buying the idea that he's going to be a wide receiver one and, and possibly finish in the top six the uh, rest of the way here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the same page with you as well. I mean, I I like what I saw out of him. Again, I've watched a lot of these Buffalo games. Him and Allen have a really strong connection, uh, and they're using him as all over the place, going across the middle of the field, having him go deep. Um, they're using him in many different ways than, than they used him in, in Minnesota last year when he was kind of just running downfield and hoping that they throw the ball down to him. Uh, they're using Stefan Diggs more creative in Buffalo, and this unfortunately it's almost weird to say that the bills are like almost a high power offense right now so you have to stick with it and i have to buy into that that Diggs continues what he's doing here unless josh allen completely falls off the rails which i don't expect him to do so i like stefan Diggs, the top six guy and moving on to the tight ends here got four left um dan do you know who the tight end one right now in fantasy is uh no Look, once Adams is back in, <laughs> the only pass catcher I want is Adams, okay? Like, I, this whole notion of, like, the tight end with Aaron Rodgers and Robert Tanya, just stop it. When Adams gets back, it'll be Adams. Marquez Valdez-Scantling will get mixed in here and there. But after Adams, Aaron Jones is the second pass catcher on this team. It's just not going to be enough volume for Robert Tanya to continue to be a tight end one. I love it. <laughs> you knew I was talking about before I even said his name. Yeah, guys, I, I'm not buying this at all. I mean, yeah, he's got three straight t- four. He's got five touchdowns now in the first three, uh, three of the last four games. Uh, who hasn't played in those games? Devontae Adams hasn't played in those games. I, I'm not buying him as a top five, top ten tight end. Maybe he has the second in targets with uh, Alan Lazar out. I mean, MVS was okay this past week. Um, maybe he finishes at top 12 tight end. It's not really that hard to do. He probably will finish at top 10 t- uh, tight end because of the way he's already has five touchdowns. That's basically all you really, really need for the season. So, yeah, I'm not buying him as a, t- a tight end one. And if you can sell high on him, probably, and maybe buy low on a guy like, honestly, Zach Ertz right now still, I probably would. Uh, but, yeah, don't buy him as a top five tight end. He's not. This isn't a breakout season. Devontae Adams is going to come back and demand 10-plus targets every single week, guys. And going over the next guy, Zach Ertz, uh, currently sits at tight end 15 right now. Uh, are you expecting him to not be a tight end one, or are we, we seeing the end of Zach Ertz? Uh, this is a hard one for me because he should, due to volume, being that Dallas Goddard is going to be out for several more weeks here. It, something's got to give with the Eagles offense right now. Someone has to take over. Someone has to be the guy. That someone should be Zach Ertz. I talked about this on my show from earlier today, though, and that he doesn't look right to me. And I didn't hear anything about him having an injury. I don't think he's old enough to have just suddenly fallen off a cliff. But he flat out can't get open at the moment, and he looks slow. I don't know what's attributing to that. This whole Eagles offense just looks odd to me. But volume-wise alone, he should be able to get right. He should be able to get back into the top 12. And I just think that 
but I don't feel great about it. I'll say that. I, I don't. I buy that he's going to be better, but I don't feel great about it. And that should kind of give you an idea of where we're at with Zach Ertz right now, where it's I'm. I feel sketchy about it, but I will buy it. Yeah, no, I definitely understand what you're saying. I, I've watched a couple of Eagles games, as you know, we're both from Jersey here, so I, Eagles unfortunately on TV. But uh, yeah, he looks definitely a little different on that offense there. This past week, though, it seemed like the 49ers were like, "We're not letting you throw to Zach Ertz," and that's not happening. And you're going to beat us another possibility. Yeah. They did. <laughs> but I still expect Zacharis to be a top, top, a top tight end one, guys. I mean, he still can finish as a top eight tight end still. Um, I, I don't see any reason why he can as long as he continues to have a high volume and this offense continues to see injuries after injuries to the wide receiver core. Um, again, he's got some tough matchups coming down the road, but... Uh, I still expect him to be Zach Ertz, even with him looking a slight bit different right now, and still have enough target volume to be a tight end one for you in fantasy. So, um, one, two more to go, and next one is a we're staying in the division here. Dalton Schultz currently sitting at tight end uh, ten right now. Uh, can he be a top ten tight end the rest of the season? Yeah, I'm going to buy this. Again, this comes down to the overall volume of that offense right now. The tight end position. Just they have a role in this offense, no matter who it is, whether it's going to be Blake Jarwin or now it's Dalton Schultz. Prescott will go to his tight ends when they are open. It's built into this offensive system, and I just think there's going to be enough. Now, will he be more of a high-end streamer than I think a guy that you can definitely start on a week-to-week basis? Yeah, I think so, but that still might wind up finishing you inside the top 10 tight ends when it comes down to it at the end of the day. So, yeah, I'm going to buy this. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I think he could be a weekly starter. Again, it's going to be, you know, you're hoping that he sees the higher target volume each week. He doesn't. Be, he's not the fourth guy on the totem pole. Hopefully, he's the three of the two. Last question for you, Zach Ertz or Dalton Schultz? Ooh. I'd probably go Schultz, unfortunately, just off the pure volume of this offense, and they're going to end up throwing a ton. I know the Eagles are going to throw a ton too, but... Just the way that offense is looking right now with Wentz and the the O-line, I trust Dalton Schultz. I mean, he's got 24 targets of the last three weeks here. That's second on the team right now. I just, we thought Big Jarwin could be a top tight end when we were talking about in the offseason, and Schultz is just kind of just taking over for that. So, I surprisingly, I think I like Dalton Schultz more right now. Then for you, yeah, he would definitely be a weekly. I would still go Zachers personally, which is why I think I look at Schultz as more of a streaming tight end still, but a high-end one at that. Definitely, yeah, definitely. I get, I get your take on that. So, And one last one, staying in the division one last time here, and it's Evan Ingram, guys, currently sitting at tight end 25 in a, uh, I don't know what to call this Giants offense, but, yeah, it's not good. Um Dan, uh, can Evan Ingram come back to life on us, maybe finish top 15 right now, or is is this kind of the giant offense right now? Yeah, I believe he's going to finish in the streaming territory when it comes to tight ends, as long as he stays healthy. He's still an athlete. He's still a mismatch. At some point, the Giants team is going to have to be able to put up points on the ball. Remember, their, their first four games of the schedule were really not kind to them. Uh, and, and we kind of knew it was going to be brutal heading into the season. Why I wasn't big on Daniel Jones. Why I wasn't really big on Saquon Barkley. That's why he was he wasn't my top three running back. He was my he was my number four running back. I had other guys ahead of him because of the schedule. Um, and it's Jason Garrett, and that's kind of the other issue too. Is that it's very vanilla. There's no movement. He's exactly everything I thought he would be heading into this season, which is horrible. 
I will say this right now, the only giant player that I'm considering playing would be Darius Slayton just because of his big play capabilities. But I do believe Evan Ingram is too good of a tight end as long as he is healthy to finish as a top 25 guy, especially on a team that should have garbage points against lesser opponents the rest of the way. All right, let me ask you this real quick. Uh, Evan Ingram or Robert Tunyon the rest of the season? I would take Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, okay. I think Evan Ingram will, will turn around from there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's seen a lot. He's still seeing 30 targets, guys. It's like, you know, that's like almost seven targets a game. Exactly. He's still getting the volume. Yeah. And like I said, Pittsburgh, Chicago, San Fran, L.A. I mean, that's a tough matchup to start the season. Now he gets Dallas, Washington, Philly over the next three weeks. I mean, yeah, it's going to get it's going to be easier for him. And I expect him to turn things around. So honestly, he's a pretty good, good buy low candidate right now. If you can get him somehow, probably pick him off the waiver wire right now. I'm in a lot of leagues where he's been dropped. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I think I have one or two leagues. I've seen him out there and I was like, ah, should I get him? But I was like, I have Kelsey. I'm like, I don't really need him. So uh, that's the luxury of having a top tight end, guys, when you go out and get one early. So but yeah, uh, I'm buying into it, too. I expect him to, you know, he's seen enough target volume and this offense is going to probably see easier matchups as we get down the road here. So. So uh, I'm buying into him finishing probably back up in the top 15, maybe top 12, if he continue, can kind of turn it really around and see some touchdowns, actually. So uh, I'm buying it. So, But uh, that is the end, guys. That is the end of our we, month, month, one month we rewind here, basically, or one month uh, overlook. So, uh, Dan, I really appreciate you jumping on today. This was a lot of fun, as always, uh, talking football with you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, always, absolutely. And just let everyone know where they can uh, they can find you out on social medias and what you're doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. So you can check me out at Show. We're always doing the player news update notifications and stuff like that on Twitter. You can always follow for free. Uh, right now, our show is on Worldwide Sports Radio Network as well as Belly Up. You can check that out live on the WWSRN app. Uh, from 12 o'clock to 1.30 every Thursday and Friday. And then we just do the podcast episodes for the recaps and the waiver wire report on Mondays and Tuesdays. You can check that out. Belly Up Sports' MD's Fantasy Football Show on your favorite streaming app. Always find us available there as well. So, yeah, a lot of big things. It's been a very busy season for us, for sure. And I know you guys have been doing really well, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, guys, if you haven't already, be, go give them a follow. Go check out their work. They they do. Dan does a lot of great work. He knows a lot of great insight on, on fantasy football. So, uh, definitely give him a look. So, and as always, guys, uh, please go follow us over on uh, Twitter at Coaches Fantasy. You can follow me at Coach Stephen P. You can follow Coach Jibs at Hot Take Honcho. And always go visit our website at www.thefantasycoaches.com. We got our you know rankings, articles, live streams, uh, you know these podcasts all on there. So please go check us out. We do appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, tune in until Thursday when we release our start and sit episode. Thank you guys for listening. Take care. Be safe and have a good one. The back is not far-fetched. We got a couple of clock hands. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me. Don't be a loser. Grass is green like Cooper Scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh. Like boom. Running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High off the knowledge. I'm feeling the fumes. All players covered. It's nuts. It's legumes. Opponents are doomed. And these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. I listen up. Jack, I'ma head back, back to the blowing that, blowing that, blowing that. Go, the back is not far fetched. We gotta.